This is the War on 94 Sports Podcast, your weekly dose of everything Chicago and Milwaukee sports. Now, here are your hosts, Frank Fernandez and Evan Schleinser. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Another episode of the War on 94 podcast is here. It's Frank with Evan, as always, here to bring you everything Chicago and Milwaukee sports. Evan, how are we feeling? Feeling all right. Feeling I'm laughing because it took about three and a half seconds for a, a car noise to be heard out your window. Oh, yeah, just absolutely <laughs> hot rod ripping down the street. Yes, yeah, seriously. Or it's a freaking Fast 14 being filmed out there. <laughs> uh, it's the, you know, the life of living on a busy street and right by a downtown Chicago. It's, oh, yeah. it, well, it's constant. Y- you're lucky you don't hear. If I could, if I threw open the window, we'd probably hear a train within about 15 seconds because I have a freight line like a block and a half from me. So, thankfully, no horns from that. But it's it's good for the occasional rumble. I've been on PlayStation chat for, and then like with the door open, people are like, "The hell is going?" Oh, I'm sorry, that's the train, guys. <laughs> sorry, let me go close the door. Sorry, guys. Right outside the station. Just, just yeah, just freaking Polar Express Why rolling on through here, you know. Yeah. Anyways, we're not here to talk trains and planes and automobiles. We're here to talk yeah. sports, baby. We're here to talk specifically football, football foosball. Yeah. But let's foosball. start as we always do with the best thing we saw this week. Do you want to get us started? Yeah, I'll go first. I actually was going to pivot to something, or I was going to I was going to go one way, but I'll just save it for football talk in a second because it's relevant to everything. So I'm actually going to go a different way. You said we we're going to talk football. I'm going to talk. Still loosely football, and and depending on who you talk to, the real football. I don't know if you saw it all this week, but Champions League round of 16 draw was, I believe, yesterday morning, was it not? Uh, Yes. And it was one one of of controversy for a lot of people because the the computer and I actually if you read the descriptions I think they I think UEFA told it true that it was a computer error they have this whole program set up where based on coefficients and these different parameters certain teams can only match up against certain other teams when they make the draw. So they go go through and they'll be like, okay, here is Real Madrid. Based on our computer, they can only match up with these five opponents or these mm-hmm. three opponents. Sure. And they'll have the program in the room. It's actually really quite a technical setup they have. They have the program in the room. They show it on screen. All the opponents that they can match up with that are still available will have a green box next to them. And all the ones that they can't match up to will have a red a red box. So then they go through and they pick each one of the corresponding balls and do a shuffle lottery and that's the name you see, the picture. They hold up a little name card. So there's some error in it. Man, you got taken out of a matchup uh, that they could have got or that they that they shouldn't have been, and it caused them to then get thrown back into one that they should have, like blah, blah, blah. They got an opponent that they played with in the group stage, couldn't. They they couldn't proceed at that point. Everybody got confused on stage. It was, the best was the, the, the elitist European, that is not possible. <laughs> from from the UEFA guy, it was really funny. But then they redrew. They 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 stopped it. They talked about it. They determined that it was the computer error and where they went wrong, which is pretty clear to see when you watch it back. And they declared the entire draw null and void and redrew from zero. I think it worked out. It worked out that obviously some teams got better draws, some teams got worse draws. The team that's the most upset is Real Madrid because they drew like Benfica or somebody not strong in the first one. And then the second one ran around and they got PSG. Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) Which is the one who they actually get. So they put up a huge stink to UEFA. This is not fair, blah, 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 which is ironic considering, you know, what, six months ago when that freaking Super League came out, that's all they wanted to play with was PSG and Man U and the likes of all those teams. Now they don't want to play them all of a sudden. Nope. Funny how that works Mm, out when you you actually could lose and have it be penalizing to you. Mm Mm-hmm. Really ironic, kind of, but yeah, it just was kind of funny. Um, just the the 
the outcry. It's something you don't see that happen normally, but it happened. And that's what happens when they mess up because he can and they do it. They declare the whole thing null and void and surprise. And I think actually it caused Manchester United to avoid PSG. Oh. So, hey, we'll take that. Um, we're not going to talk about my other love, Barcelona. They're in the Europa League. Would have loved, would have loved to see the the Man U versus PSG though, and get to see Messi and Ronaldo going at it again. We can, I would love nice. that too, but, but we can save happen. that for a different round. We can it save can that for happen. a different round. Yeah. How about the final? Definitely. Let's go for that. PSG, Man U final. In the final, that would be, that'd be epic. Yeah, that would really actually tear at my heart because obviously being a Barcelona person, I'm, I've been. I mean, Messi was where I started watching and like really investing in European soccer. So I would be that would be a hard one to watch. Hmm. Anyways, luckily I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, Manu's not going to make it that far. Let's be real. <laughs> my, I, I don't have to worry about that. My squad is fighting for a chance to even make it to European play uh, after a terrible season in 2020. But moving on, we're on our way up, rebuilding. Retooling, it is what it is. My best thing I saw this week was something that we don't normally see, which is a college football coach being honest for once and not sounding like a generic robot. So there's been a lot of craziness going on in college football lately. We talked about about it on the last episode, I believe it was, uh, when we got into the whole college football playoff talk. But outside of the college football playoff, with the rise in COVID and, you know, instability within the college ranks, there has been a lot of leniency granted with the transfer portal. So this is the way that, t- that players can leave their school that they are currently at and sort of become a so-called free agent to go look for another school they want to play at. And we have never seen it utilized as much as it has been the last year especially Mm -hmm. this last week Um, we saw two high profile quarterbacks one was Quinn Evers who is a a five-star freshman from Ohio State he he's behind CJ Stroud at Ohio State this year he got limited action obviously because Stroud was having a Heisman potential season but then you know in a surprising move he decided to leave the school in the transfer portal and now is going back to Texas to play for the Texas Longhorns, which is a huge get for them. And then we saw Spencer Rattler, uh, the preseason Heisman favorite now leaving Oklahoma because he was benched. He was sent, you know, cast aside by, by Lincoln Riley. And now he's transferred to South Carolina of all places, but moving to South Carolina, moving to the sec, we'll see how that works out for him. But Lane Kiffin today came out and said something very interesting. You know, they were asking, the media was asking him, you know, what do you think about this situation? This is the first time where these players can now be making money this offseason, you know, with the with the NIL. I mean, I don't think people really say it this way, but let's not make a mistake. I mean, we have free agency in college football and the kids a lot of times go to work and get paid the most. And it's turned into a whole thing where he even said it. He was like, you know, no one really says this, but I'm going to be the first one to say it. Like, we have free agency in college football, and these players are going wherever they can make the most money. You know, the, the, the kids, they go where they can get paid. No one else is saying that, but the kids say, this is what I'm getting here from name, image, image and likeness. Like, to now have that be part of college football is just – insane first of all and it's becoming so far away from what it started as you know like these kids would would come in they'd stay for you know three four years move on to the nfl you had the pride to be at your school you had the pride of you know beating you know going to michigan for four years and beating ohio state or you know whatever the case may be going to notre dame and beating usc but now it's like all right i'm not getting my playing time i'm out of here like I'm moving on to the next place. I know I can make money here. I know I can get my name and, you know, I can be the starter here. Like I'm moving on. It's, it's insane how much it's become this like sort of professional league. It's like a, yeah. like, a prep, it's like prep school now instead of, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of crazy to me and for, to, for Lane Kiffin to come out and say that so blatantly and so openly, it does make me kind of happy that he's, you know, not sugarcoating it not pretending like it's, not something 
really crazy that's happening in college football right now. Yeah, no, and he and he's absolutely right. I mean, it's it's a problem. I think the game obviously has a lot of inherent flaws as is and and but but you 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 hit the nail on the head it's becoming much more of a business now for these kids than anything with with the addition of NAL i think the transfer portal initially was was a good a good thing right like some kids that aren't getting the situation they want to or or need or like there was there was I knew there was much more restriction on it. a lot of it was loosened because of covid because well, there was kids trying to get to places where they could play and they couldn't play in some schools and right you know you yeah, can't, yeah but now it's just being abused because they haven't they right. haven't lack they haven't clamped back down on it and at the no. nil as you added in you know makes makes it like just like you said the the osu kid is very very concerning and very interesting to me i mean it's a good move for him i guess because he gets to go back to his home state gets to play for texas like the longhorns and maybe he wanted that all along and and you know maybe ohio state didn't turn out as what he envisioned so maybe it is the best move for him three years from now we won't know but it's getting a lot of question immediately because you're right he's a true freshman like he came in I don't even think he was – I don't think he was redshirted, but he wasn't going to win that job from Stroud from no, the get-go. No, and he had to have known what, what it's like when you're coming into a situation yeah. like this. Like you're going to – you got to compete and you got to like wait your turn in a program like Ohio State. Like they have national championship aspirations every year at this point. Yeah. Like to, to just leave a situation like that. I mean like I said, if it's all null and void if we – null and void, huh? It's all irrelevant if we talk – three years from now that he's led Texas to a miraculous championship of some sort. Right. Like obviously then, then it's like, whatever you, you got, you, you did the thing, but you know, it, it seems, and I don't know, it seems, I think a lot of people looked at that one as walk specifically as walking away from conflict. Sure. I will say the one thing though, it's like, we're, I, I can sit here and say that the transfer portal is, you know, strange and these kids should be sticking with their schools and stuff like that. But Hey, the coaches don't do it. The coaches get to, right leave their schools whenever they please. They get to leave. Like you had the coach from Louisiana, Billy Napier. He up and left his team before they even played in their conference title game this season yeah. and, and went to Florida. Like he, he saw the money. He saw the dollar signs. There was the opportunity there. He moved on good for him, like onward and upward. Of course, that's what these, you know, that's a big reason why these coaches lead these small programs to such big heights so that they can then, move on and let their assistant then take over and whatnot. You know, we've seen it a, a million right, times right. in, in college football, but for them to be able to just freely leave in them, like at the end of the season, why can't these kids, you know, be able to move around and, you know, find the situation that's best for them. So it's interesting. It, it's definitely moving, to, you know, it's giving a lot more power to the athletes, which is important because there's been so much mm-hmm. that's inequity when it comes to like, the players and the coaches, the coaches making all this money, co- players making nothing all these years. Um, and it's usually the ones who are the coaches who are making the most, who are the ones who are talking down on the fact that players are making any money, a.k.a. Dabo Sweeney. But <laughs> yeah, these it's just it's not the college football I grew up watching. Damn it. And right. it, 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 it's like old man yells at cloud. Like I see, that's I'm, exactly what I was going to say. I'm 27 now and I'm yelling at the cloud. I, I think I think your 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 point isn't. I mean, it's very it's very old man yelling at cloud. Yeah. Like I I'm I'm with you there, but I, I think it doesn't have to be just solely like quartered as that and pushed aside. Like I think a lot of a lot of different reasons there is flaws in college football. I mean, you look at the playoff realignment. You look at you know, as you mentioned, the coaches get that thing. The, the NIL bill was a hot topic for years. I mean, I remember writing high school debate things about how college athletes should get paid. Like it, it, it's it's been a problem for a long time. So I, I'm appreciative of the shift back towards the player. But I think I think it's part of a whole larger issue of like the big programs still having all the power kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a lot, there's a, there's a lot to unpack with college football. Nothing's perfect about it. You know, realistically at the beginning of the season, you look and you go, Oh, 25 teams, like all ranked up, ready to go. Everybody's got a shot. It's like, no, like four of them got a shot. I mean, right. as you saw this year and things change, you know, Rattler went, as you said, from Heisman favorite overnight to, to benched and transferring benched, to yeah. at one point, the rumor was he was going to even go to James Madison. Like, like, you know, oh people were like, where is he going? Like, 
So it, it, they're just – it's far from perfect. This gives power back to the players, but it still is in a way that also benefits a lot of only a, only a select few schools. Mm-hmm. And 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 there's it needs to be a lot more change if you really want to get college football to a program where you're a point where you know there's more parity and there's more whatever blah blah blah. We can have a whole podcast debating that that topic. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Lane's calling it out. Lane has never been one to not tell you like it is yeah no very much so and i i'm appreciative that he did that that's a that's a really cool quote of his like <laughs> don't hold back who's gonna punish him what the NCAA is gonna sanction him with like what are you gonna lose three recruiting spots like whatever <laughs> we all know he's yeah. right hey he is very right and i i appreciate him being honest and and not you know reading off the script that the normal uh normal college football player would or college football coach would. But let's get into you know the meat and potatoes, the main course right now. <laughs> Could you sound any more disappointed? Ugh. A petition to play football games one half only. Two quarters. <laughs> I think I feel like that's all we need. If I'm being honest, after watching on Sunday, I really think two quarters is all you need to decide a football game. I'm just saying. For those of you listening, I'm sure you're aware by now, Packers, they done did it again, beating the Bears 45-30 to 30 on Sunday Night Football, on my birthday, no less. Yeah. What a first half from the Bears. Did not see se- that coming. More importantly, what a second quarter. Yeah. 42 yeah, tw- points in that quarter alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 24, 20, Bears scored 24 points in the second quarter. What the hell? I mean, how a team that is averaging 16 and a half points a game absolutely exploded for three. And they were three electrifying touchdowns they scored. Yeah. I mean, if we can quickly just talk about, you know, the good of the Bears, it won't take very long. It was really one quarter, <laughs> one quarter's worth. Uh, Jakeem Grant, holy crap, that guy turned back the clock a couple of years um, and had two spectacular plays. First was the – the what do you call that? Is that a jet sweep, that that play they ran where, where Fields tossed it in front of him? Is that what they – is that – Oh, was I'm it not, a touch pass? He caught, yeah, he like caught it and like flipped it in front of him and then Grant was yeah. you know shifting across and – Made the catch. Tyree kill special. It's a touch yeah. pass. It's amazing that's a that's yeah. a touchdown pass. Like that is that's just absolutely insane to me that that counts hey, as a touchdown pass. Fantasy players will take it all over the place. Yeah. Justin Fields so, is a startable asset because of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Grant takes off like a like a rocket down the sideline, scores. Packers came right back, scored to answer that. It was like it was like a Big Twelve game out there for yeah, for seriously. a good amount of this game. Lack of defense, lots of big plays, long receptions down the field. You had a Demir Bird sighting for maybe the first time all season. Rasul Douglas came up again. I'm sure you're going to mention that, but mm-hmm. what a what an interception. Return to the house, second one in as many weeks. But then Justin Fields coming back right down the field and throwing into coverage, finding Demir Bird for a long touchdown. Like I love that fearlessness from him to – to get right back at it. Like other guys might kind of fold a little bit or, or take the easier check down or whatever it may be. But he went right into the teeth of that defense and found his guy in stride, took it to the house. And then the cherry on top of that first half, the punt return, 97 yards to Grant to the house longer than any Devin Hester return for a punt. Absolutely no spectacular. Way. Yeah. Longest bears. Punt return since 1960 of 97 yards. So I think think if I remember correctly, Devin Hester's longest, I think I remember it when it happened. I think it was 91 yards. Obviously he had the, he had a bountiful amount of, uh, of returns, you know, the most by anyone ever, but nothing as long as Jakeem Grant, where he, he kind of cut to the right. It looked like he was stuck. And then cut right back left, and he was just shot down the sideline. Uh, and you could hear it in the voice of Al Michaels and Chris Collins. Were like nobody could even believe what was going on. 
Well, because cool. that's that's the special teams taboo. You never retrace your steps, right? right. But even just in general, like the bear, everything, the, every time the Bears scored, it was like, this oh, is incredible. Yeah. Like they were like, they couldn't even believe that the Bears were even putting up a fight. And they, they, well, neither could I, obviously. But <laughs> I think the best comment of my of the evening came uh-huh. from my girlfriend, Michelle, who pretends to be a Bears fan, but doesn't watch aggressively. So she was sitting next to me on the couch watching, but like, like mostly on her phone. And she's like, every time I look up, there's more points. Like I look up and they keep scoring. Like what has happened? Like she, she was even, she's like, wait, what, why is this happening? What is going on? Could not agree with you more, Michelle, because uh, I was feeling the exact same way. The bears were keeping up with the Packers, beating the Packers at halftime. Yeah. Absolutely shocking. The, the special teams looked incredible in the first half. Every return was like 40 plus yards. It felt like on the kickoffs and it was, they were setting the bears up in great field position. Um, and then the second quarter ended, both teams went to the locker room and I don't think the bears came back out. <laughs> bears based, on what I, back out. based on what I saw, they are still in the locker room at Lambeau field. Like still currently. Yeah. Like right now they're still there. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Still, they still are. They're still game planning for that second half, uh, <laughs> trying to make adjustments of some sort. Uh, yeah, it uh, everything fell apart. It didn't in, work in the simplest way possible. Yeah. The Packers came out and scored two touchdowns within a minute of each other, sandwiched with a Justin Fields fumble recovery or a fumble and recovery by the Packers. Aaron Jones scored twice in a minute, and it was over. <laughs> it was it, the Bears just could That's not. She wrote they couldn't get the ball down the field in the second half, and the defense just, I mean, made zero adjustments as you saw, especially on De- Devonte Adams and the man. Here's my favorite part. I don't know if you saw this today, but after the game, so first half, Devonte Adams six catches, fifty yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. D- pretty nice against Jalen Johnson, who had, as many people said, a great game. When he, was against, first half. when he was against Devontae Adams. He's the best best cornerback on the Bears, bar none. No one's even close. Second half, Packers made some adjustments, moved Adams into the slot away from Jalen Johnson, mm-hmm. and we saw the results. Two touchdowns, one touch, one extra. How many touchdowns did he have in the second half? I think, I think he had one. Two. two touchdowns in the second half. Maybe and Matt, one, Matt Nagy didn't even realize that they made an adjust that the Packers made an adjustment. <laughs> they, they asked him. They asked him after the game. That can't, that can't be a real quote. What did the Packers do? Di- this is after the game. Reporters asked, "What did the Packers do differently in the second half in regards to Devontae Adams?" Pretty standard question, if you ask me. Given what we just watched, he goes, "They did the same thing they did in the first half." Um. No, they fucking didn't. You <laughs> goddamn moron. <laughs> Were you watching the game? Were you even looking? And then Jalen Johnson, they asked, what did he, what did they do differently? And he laid it out perfectly. He said exactly what happened. He goes, a lot of motions, a lot of drag routes, underneath routes, a lot of pick routes. They switched up pretty good. They did a lot of things that made him cover. They made covering him very hard. Completely, you know, the opposite of what his coach just said. Matt Nagy is a fucking idiot. He is football stupid. He <laughs> doesn't know what he's still green. The man is an absolute moron. What are you? An idiot sandwich. What the hell are we doing? Like, and he has the audacity, the fucking audacity to at the end of the first half go, we are having so much fun. What is this fucking Pop Warner? Get in the well, locker at that point, it, it was it was Pop Warner. <laughs> you better not be having fun, buddy. There's nothing fun about being four and eight. Sure, you're beating your rival on their home turf, but this shouldn't be fun. You got to keep the pedal to the fucking metal. And then what happens? We come out, we score three points in the in the second half. Matt Nagy punts on fourth and inches. When you're down eleven in the fourth quarter of a game, he kicks a field goal. When they were down by 18 points in the fourth quarter to make it 45, it was 45, 27 and he kicks a fucking field goal to make it 45 to 30. What? That's, that is some cowardice football. 
cowardice. And we have four more weeks of this, Evan. Four more weeks you have to sit here and listen to me talk like this. And, and we're on fucking Monday night. We're on fucking Monday night football next week. I know. I turned to Michelle. I was like, "Wow, Bears Vikings on Monday night." And he was, I was like, do you, "Do you think your dad will watch?" And you know, she's like, uh, "I don't know. I don't know why anyone would watch. I really don't know why anyone would watch." Oh Lord, <sighs> dude. And and Chris Collins were spending most of the most of the broadcast talking about how much he loves Aaron Rodgers, how honest Aaron Rodgers is. Did you hear him say that? He said yeah. Aaron Rodgers is the most honest man in football. What does that even mean? <laughs> am i taking crazy pills <laughs> yeah i mean uh it's riddle it, me that I, I, apparently he was not paying attention to the news cycle <laughs> when rogers deceded the entire public that he was vaccinated although i guess truthfully he didn't say he was vaccinated he said he was oh, immunized whatever the fuck that even. means don't so even. maybe if that's what he's referring to, I guess. Don't start. I don't, fucking, I don't know. Giant don't start Joe Rogan. Down on your dick and your asshole. <laughs> and you're going, nah! I don't. <laughs> I didn't say I supported it. <laughs> just said the man technically didn't lie. Oh, man. We all just took it and Change, ran. Changing your he tune, I see. No, he's an idiot still. <laughs> but you can talk now. Sorry. Yeah, no, I monopolize mean, the conversation. <laughs> you you bring up many valid points. I mean, it's it's it. it I I don't know. I mean, the, the, we're having fun. Comment like, sure, like take take your you know have fun. You should have fun. Hopefully, you fucking do it football for a living. I would hope You're playing it's fun. a child's a child sport for your job. Yeah, you should be having. Yeah, fun. seriously. But in the same breath, like. I just I don't know. I mean, how how are we two and a half weeks into this or two and a half weeks, two and a half years, three years into this. And the mm-hmm. guy still fails and not recognize second half adjustments like it, yeah. it's when the when the defensive player who got adjusted against can sit out there and spell it out clear as day. I I don't know. A lot of confusion on that one for me. But yeah, four more weeks is hopefully all we have. Packers side of the ball, I it obviously goes the exact opposite way. First first half, I was sitting there sweating bullets because I'm like, why are we losing to the Bears? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> you just have to rely on the old faithful, you know. Robert Quinn gets up after first pack sack of the game, mocks the mocks the discount, double check belt. Oh, that was such an awesome moment. Such an awesome. Right. I was like, it's. I was like, we're switching. Here we go. Like, you we're thought, at, we're you thought that was gonna. Break the discount to do the mock the belt curse. I'm like, we're in his kitchen, like right in his face. <laughs> discount Rogers. Right, <laughs> discount but you know, you know the worst bit about that, right? So first of all, like it's a tra- well, it's, the first it's, quarter. Well, it's the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's ever won after mocking the belt, especially when it's been caught no on camera. Way. I don't think it's, I mean, there might've been, there's, there's, let's just put it this way the list of people who have won after mocking the belt is nothing compared to the list of people who haven't won after mocking the belt. And you know, who is a member of that list? Robert Quinn himself, when he was a Miami (laughs) dolphin. No way. Yes. He's done that before. Second sack of the day. It was uh, in 2018 in November of 2018. He got a second sack of the day on Rogers mocked the belt. They didn't win. So he's he's even a member of that don't mock the belt club and still did it again. Wow. Anyways, if we want to talk real football, what is the one thing I've bitched about all season? You know, defensively on the on the it was a blown coverage or it was a really horribly ran assignment that on the on a crosser that that the long touchdown. I think that was Demir Bird. Mm-hmm. But the other two, I mean, as you said on special teams, every return came to the 40-yard line. Yeah, Every return came to set you guys up in perfect field position. I mean, I think I think it even extended the lead at one point, right, right before halftime. I mean, you were like, we were sitting there going, okay, so we get the ball after halftime. Roger scores here. There's a minute and a half left. You know, whatever, just punt the ball deep. Hope the Bears can't find find the magic again on offense and get into halftime down three no they let him return the ball like 50 yards and get into field goal range which put it to a six-point game at halftime yeah and it just 
it had to have been the worst special teams performance I think I've seen all year from this team. It was pretty brutal. It was awful. And, and I mean, we've talked about some advanced numbers before. DVOA is one we've thrown around. The, if you want to know how the Packers are in that DVOA statistic, and Green Bay is last in special teams. Negative 6.7%. Wow. And let me get, get back to the uh, definition of DVOA because I, it's been a minute since I've looked at it and I can't remember. <laughs> it's a team metric, though, and it's a whole advanced formula that Football Outsiders puts together. Defense adjusted value over average. So what how efficient how efficient is the unit so that's i mean that's d- defense specifically but it's obviously been expanded to count, measure all sides of the ball so special teams is performing six negative 6.7 percent below average or actually just 6.7 percent below average for the league for context the worst special teams unit of all time the legendarily bad san diego chargers if you remember that year where they had like Super Bowl aspirations and their special teams was just like abhorrent, uh, yes. they were negative 10.2. So not, I mean, not that bad, but like not that far off from just horribly bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just to break it down even further, field goal and extra, so to break it down into phases of special teams, field goal and expert extra point ranks 32nd in DVOA. Pun return ranks 32nd in DVOA. Kick return ranks 32nd in DVOA. Kick off ranks 24th in DVOA. So that's when we kick the ball off. And then punting is 13th in DVOA just because Corey Bajorquez has one of the biggest legs I've ever seen off of anyone and and, and regularly can get punts that end up deep, deep, deep. Like, you know, get down to the five. If But if mm. they get returned, like all fucking hell breaks loose. Yep. We saw that happen on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the onside botched, the deep punt return, and I don't care. You can I, I texted you, and, and you can argue that there's could be a hold there, but it doesn't matter. There's no way a guy should be able to get out from his own five-yard line, or three-yard line, he's at 97 fucking yards, yeah. and, and house it untouched. Like, not even, like, a hand was laid on him. Nope. I mean, it, it just it might have been the worst execution of, of football I think I've ever seen. And the problem is... I've sat here week after week, and, and I'm not the only one. I, I mean, I'd sit here to our our 30 fans. There's everybody in the Packers media sits here and goes week after week, how is this such a problem? Why is this such a problem? When will this change? Is this going to change? Is this going to get better? And if anything, it's gotten worse. Yeah. Like the the problem with this is – if you look at the NFL right now, you just watched a spectacular Monday night game last night. Cardinals weirdly have like the worst home field record. They're like three and four and like undefeated on the road, but they're starting to show late season flops. The Rams have had a skid. The Bucks seem to be rounding into form, but then again, they played the, the Bills, the force have been overtime at home. Bills aren't a bad team, but Bills have been flopping. Like there's no team that looks like surefire, strong, ready to go mm-hmm. besides i'd say honestly right now it's the packers the patriots and the maybe i throw the bucks in there the bucks seem to be because they just have brady they seem to be that strong team and i don't you can't sit there and be like okay the window's clear like we're looking good we've beaten good teams we've we've shown our home field advantage the we have currently control of that coming to lambo and I'm just like thinking about all the different ways the special team's going to lose us a playoff game. Seriously. Because it's I, it's going to happen. I I just don't see another way. Like I mean, you every time it's a fourth down, I'm sitting here butthole clenched like what is going to go wrong this time? I oh god, it's just I think it's gotten me 15 more gray hairs in the past month alone. <laughs> yeah it's, it's just it's, it's it's abysmal yeah it's the one aspect of the team that is that has flaw like major noticeable flaws that yeah. can swing a game and i think mason crosby had maybe the worst kickoff i've seen of the season the one where he kicked it out of bounds it oh, like yeah went down at like the 10 and then skipped out of bounds it was like what is this your first like you've been a kicker for damn near 20 years and you can't 
Hit it straight down Crosby, the middle on a, on a kickoff. Crosby is – if you look at his contract situation, he was probably always going to be done after this year. I think he's owed like a, like a, a, a few tens of mil next year. Like I think it's in the teens, which like obviously the man like deserves his money. Like Mason Crosby is a Packers legend. He will be in the ring of honor one day. He's one of the best kickers probably of all time in the NFL. But he – the production this year between missed extra points, botched kickoffs, I mean there's no – I'm there's no reason to bring him back. And it's actually – the problem is you've seen this move before. I mean there's a kicker protect, protected on the practice squad right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know it's coming, but there's just – the problem is it can't come fast enough without the season also ending in a drastically awful way. And I just have the feeling we've seen enough missed field goals. I did against this, like I said, it, it it feels like this is coming down to a bitter end on special teams. And you can live with it, like like defensively, right? Like we always say, people want to sit and talk about the frustration and the bird coverage. You can sit here and and go look at that play and go like, yeah, like that was a defensive misassignment. But like this defense has been playing so well week over week for the past month and a half that like. If you have one play like that, you know, between that, between Stokes, who's a really aggressive in man coverage, but has let up some, let up a big play or two. Like, mm-hmm. you remember the D hop touchdown against the Cardinals, things like that. But the rest of the time, like, they're clamped down. Like, there's nothing, like, the, you, you came out, as you said, the second half was a new ball game because defensive, defensive game, game plan had changed. Yeah. But, like, every time, there's no change in special teams. Like, it, it can't, so, I mean, what's, it can't be that hard. Like, I, I just, mm-hmm. I, it, like I said, gray hairs. I do want to shout out though. I, you, were you looking at Crosby's contract there? Yeah. Were you able to figure it out? Yeah. So he is uh, next year's his final year of his contract. His base salary is two point two five million dollar signing bonus. So his cap hit next year is four point seven three five. Okay, so I was grossly off on the numbers, but that's still that's still a lot of money yeah, for a kicker. I don't think any, I don't think any kicker is getting tens of millions right now. But Fair enough. Maybe Justin Tucker. Maybe Tucker. Honestly, if there's anybody, it's going to be Tucker. Yeah. But uh, either way, that's money with the Packers cap situation. Although I did just see that the cap number is going up by twenty million dollars next year, so that's nice. Mm. Packers still will still be up against it, and we'll need to get rid of money somewhere, and that's going to be one of the first to go, especially after this year's performance. Shout out to the defense, though. We just were talking about them. You know, as you mentioned, I remember talking about this going into the Washington football team game. I think that was week seven, and. You know the Packers defense was was good, producing or was was producing okay, but was seemingly having all this issue in the red zone. They were perfect fifteen for fifteen on a, on giving up touchdowns in the defensive red zone. Since that week, they've had eighteen red zone trips and eight touchdowns allowed. They flipped themselves from the worst red zone defense to the best red zone defense. That's not the and actually, I mean one through six, that was on pace for the worst in NFL. I think that was the longest consecutive record in, the, in NFL history. Of, mm. uh, for a de- defense now they're the best in the nfl so i mean it ain't all bad i just pray every night before i go to bed that packer special teams doesn't cost this team in what what is setting up to be a potentially fruitful year doesn't doesn't blow at all yeah especially because the nfc is the playoff picture, I was talking about this earlier today. It's a very top-heavy mm-hmm. uh, picture. It's a lot of, you know, near 500, one game over 500 teams in those wild card spots. But those top four, even the fifth team being the, the L.A. Rams, like those are some dangerous teams that you need to be on your A game for. Mm-hmm. You know, Bucks, Cardinals, Cowboys, and Rams – like Packers are going to need to be on their game, but all three phases are going to need to be hitting. And if you're not, you know, connecting on your field goals, if you're not doing well in coverage on kick returns and punt returns and allowing big plays or allowing, you know, good field position against those kind of teams, we saw what happened against the bears, the fucking bears of all teams. Yeah. Now imagine it with, you know, Tom Brady, or Dak Prescott, or Kyler Murray, or Matthew Stafford, like, you're looking at a much more dangerous situation. Special teams 
have a significant impact on games, whether it's field position or points at the end of drives that have sputtered out. And you, you cannot, as you said, you cannot lose the field position battle against the quarterbacks of that tier. You know, you heard my frustration when right before halftime, you give fields a 40 yard head start on getting into field goal range. Now imagine that with Stafford, Brady, Kyler Murray, Mm -hmm. Dak Prescott, as you said, like that's inexcusable. Yep. So punting, punting has, has shown that they generally have the capability. Coverage could be a lot better overall. And basically, I guess, just pray that every kick by Crosby is a touchback or every punt is down at the one because <laughs> if, <laughs> if the ball gets touched, I'm looking away. I'm looking away. Yeah. And uh... we can't find a decent returner for the life of me. Amari Rogers, if you botch one more ball Ooh. by catching it like this, that hands like better chance of catching your own head than that freaking football. If not Lucky for that, can't be advanced. If not for that silly play by Kendall Vildor going out of bounds. I mean, that's bears ball and they're right at, you know, I mean, they're at the 10 or, I mean, they're right in, yeah, it was recovered like the prime 20 position. or 30 yard line. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, but that's just, and so, I mean, the bears, Bears are just a mess. So, speaking of that play, did you see the clip that was circulating on Twitter of the Packers on a on a similar punt return where the Packers play yeah. went out of bounds? So, yeah. I was reading about that because I like looked at that and I was like, "Well, I swallow all my words against refereeing." Then I guess because that was pretty blatant. But apparently, the ruling is I just learned this now. So, when you are forced out of bounds or go out of bounds, basically the coaching at that point is don't make an attempt to come back in. Mm-hmm. because if you try to come back in, that's when the penalty happens. Like Packers guy said out of bounds. I think like went like on a free ride. He went the Bears down bench. the sideline. Yeah. He went around some players around coaches, like through the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I think Cause you're he, not able to like reestablish yourself because there's a K there's a chance that you could reestablish yourself and have a better positioning to then make a tackle or you know right. recover a ball or whatever it might be. Yeah. Same thing so, when it's like, same thing with receiver. They can't do they they uh, can't step out of bounds and then come back and in come and make a catch. In. Right, right. So yeah, I, I mean, interesting distinction I learned because I always thought the you know you immediately would try and recorrect yourself and get back in bounds, but apparently you just stay out of bounds and stay out of the play and hope that the the, the man advantage doesn't get you. <laughs> yeah, I mean that it could not have happened at a worse time. Honestly, that was yeah a total game shifter right there the momentum would have gone right back in the bears favor and uh yeah that just hurt but the one thing i can take you know some kind of happiness in is i think the bears have their quarterback i think we've got our guy for the future obviously still made a couple mistakes the rasul douglas touched interception you know the pick six was was a rookie mistake. I mean, he's staring down his guy. Chris Collins were said it best. It's like yeah. this isn't Ohio State anymore. Like right. Well, and that was and that was his field's biggest thing. Is people wanted to call him like a one a one look receiver or one look one, quarterback. Yeah. Right. One read quarterback, which that's what that was, and that's what happened. So mm-hmm. he's shown he's shown he can learn and adapt, and he he's shown enough that I'm not no red flags at that point. Yeah. Just don't. Don't keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, his ability though to we saw it a couple times. His ability to continue the play with his legs. Uh, we saw his speed. I think he. I was. I saw a video where he he got on one run. He got up to like twenty miles per hour um, in the open field, and he would have gotten even more if Allen Robinson had decided to lay a block. But he decided to walk away from the play. Oh my god! Uh, that in Robinson the middle of it, I'm killed sure, me. I'm sure you saw that. He's mentally checked out, obviously. Um, and I mean, you can tell in the game plan, he's barely involved at all yeah. um, for good reason. You know, it is what it is at this point. He's kind of we're just playing out these last four games before he can move along. Yeah, yeah he's, he's on his dad, but nicer. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's the one thing you can lean on as a Bears fan is that is these last four games. We use them as development, you know, against, you know, the Bears finish they got two games against the vikings uh one game in seattle and one game in or at home against the giants 
So four games where Justin Fields can really kind of, you know, continue to develop, continue to get grow some chemistry with those guys who are going to be around for the future mm-hmm. and hopefully just, you know, show signs of elevating his game and whatnot and kind of give a whoever that potential coach the Bears are looking at some good signs and, you know, showing why they should come here and work with a guy like him. Yeah, absolutely. And on the Packers side, I mean, I, I actually I wanted to bring this up earlier. Jalen Johnson's the corner is that he you said that was locking mm-hmm. them. Whenever they brought so he, I mean, incredible guy you got there to 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 limit Devontae to basically ineffectivity in the first half is a hell of a performance. But equally the other side of the ball, I mean Honestly, at this point, for purely football reasons, the Packers should put a blank check in front of both Rodgers and Adams and say how long <laughs> you want and how much you want. Because that double move where he put on the on the slot corner who was expecting the the fade in the in the goal line to to just show fade and, and immediately cut back in. And I mean pre the poor slot corner's ankles, I think, are didn't want to talk about things less still in Lambo. Um I think they're still there in the end zone. Um but to finish out, you have uh, the the Ravens, the Browns, the Vikings, and the Lions, uh, and they've they've gotten themselves back into <clears throat> the 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 top spot, as I said on in the in the conference. Um, but one slip up, and that all goes away. So, uh, <laughs> Ravens, hopefully, I mean for 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 sake of non competitiveness, don't have Lamar next weekend, and we have to only focus mm-hmm. on on Brent Huntley, uh, but. Either either way, they have to be ready for all these matchups because it's um, between the division. The Vikings already beat us. Browns are, I, I don't want to say rounding into form, but at least the defense appears to be. So like that is going to be a, a walk in the park. And if Lamar's there, Lamar Jackson's Lamar Jackson. So I, it's all in front of us, um, and we'll see how it goes. I, I'm I'm praying that in a month from now, January 9th, we're sitting here going number one seed. Um, what only time will okay, tell. So we know Aaron Rodgers has been dealing with a nagging. Oh yes, toe injury. So do you? And he said that he he suffered a setback against the Bears. He's like he said it's worse. It was worse after the game than it was before the game. Um, so he's going to need to sort of re, you know, go back to that and sort of see where he can go with the with the rehab. Do you see any situation like let's let's just say Brett Huntley is is playing Sunday. Do you see any situation where the Packers sit Rodgers, let Jordan Love start that game and let Rodgers get a week off to to sort of kind of get back to even closer? Not not 100 percent. You're not going to come right back from a broken toe, especially since it's gotten worse in one week. But just to kind mm-hmm. of give him a little extra time before that Christmas Day game, see where they sit. Um, what do, What are your thoughts on that? So, no. Um, just plain and simple, no. The only time Rodgers is going to sit is if they're up by like 30. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it, – it isn't going to happen, especially like as I said, they're still fighting. They have to win to control that destiny. And that's something that this team, you know, the, the bye week is even more important now and only one team gets it. Yep. Um, the toe, he, it, the, the, the Monday morning headline was, was very concerning. Yes. He see, you mentioned he, he labeled as a, as a setback and that was the word coming out of green Bay, but on McAfee today, Tuesday, as we record this, he spoke and said, um, still not considering surgery. It's not an option or it's the last option. And it doesn't think he doesn't think they're going to get to that point. Um, it'll be a lot of pain management and no practice and he'll play. Um, and that has been what it's been. I, this was the, this week, it was the first time he practiced in a month and this Packers team still keeps winning. So, I mean, you obviously saw some concerning bits when he, with his mobility. I mean, he can't run around like he used to, and that opens him up to a lot more, you know, sacks and, and, and attack against a heavy pass rushing team. Um, come playoff time, you'll see a lot of that. The Browns are that team as well. Like Clowney and Garrett mm-hmm. are, are wrecking balls at this point. Um, so, so it's it's a nerve-wracking situation, but like I said, it's not one that's going to change how the Packers are approaching anything unless they're up, like unless the game's already out of hand. Sure. 
So, just curious. I thought yeah. it might be something they might consider given the state of things, but I know that they're fighting for their playoff lives and like you said, positioning and now they're in a three way tie. Yeah, with with Tampa and Arizona, obviously they have the yeah. tiebreaker for win percentage uh in conference. But yeah, just just something I thought about. Um, yeah, they have the head-to-head over Arizona, and then the the I guess conference win percentage against uh, the Bucks. Um, yes, certainly would love to see the Bucks slip up once or twice, please. Maybe. Yeah, Bucks um, have. Let's see, going forward, Bucks are home against the Saints. They have Saints, Panthers, Jets, Panthers. Um, don't really see them slipping up in any of those four games. Um. Yeah, no, I, I just don't see it. Saints at home, Panthers on the road, Jets at on the road, and then Panthers at home. Like, yeah, I don't. Tom see Brady happening. is throwing the ball. I think more than he ever has in his career, and he just has so many weapons around him. It's absolutely sickening. It's, it's um, saddening because I mean, it's you. You're like, oh well, they don't have Antonio Brown. It's like, well, they still have Gronk. They still have two All Pro wide receivers. And oh, by the way, playoff Lenny is performing at probably the best he's ever ran as his career at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's terrifying. Um, as much as I want to be, I was thinking about this in the car today. I'm like, I mean, I can't, I can't. I've, I've been hurt too many times in Cleveland to be like optimistic about my own team. So like, I try and like not consider them. But I'm like, if, if you know, I just feel like we're headed for a Patriots buck Super Bowl and nothing mm. grosses me out more than that. Um, the only thing that is more scary and more feels more inevitable than that is unfortunately um, COVID numbers across the league. Have you seen how many positives were reported today up to yeah, like, it, over 60, there, I think. Oh really? It went up to that. I thought it was yeah. 37 this morning. So that tweet was uh, 30, 30 some with, uh, with 25 more like being tested. Mm. Um, and I did see eight of them were from the the Browns. Yeah, Browns put eight on the list. Rams shut down their facility. Um, it is it's it's scary. Um, it has the potential to affect a lot of games. Um, coming coming down the wire here. Uh, and now no, it's different than where we were last year because a, a lot not not all unfortunately but a lot of the players are vaccinated and if you are vaccinated and don't show symptoms two consecutive negatives spaced more than 24 hours apart will get you enough to clear you for the game um so you have a lot a more lot bigger larger likelihood of being able to play in the same week you test positive uh but mm-hmm. it's still a still a, not a great chance i mean i know already I, chris jones is out for the thursday night game chiefs chargers big divisional matchup so there's a lot of on the line here and unfortunately covid is back playing a part in all that and as we've already found out our freaking quarterbacks unvaccinated so it could all fall apart within this within yeah but he's immunized so it's fine it's fine it's fine he's immunized um <laughs> speaking of quarterbacks shout out kurt banker did you see his tweet um he so he was he was the Packers backup on the night because Jordan Love was not active. Um, Got it. I think it was COVID related. I'm not exactly sure where it was, but uh, he was the first time Kurt is dressed in his four years as an NFL player. Um, and he, he uh, <clears throat> at the request of, and the pushing of a lot of players, including including Rogers, went in to take the final kneel down, um, which was his first NFL snap ever. And he posted a tweet afterwards of just his uh, his knee with white paint on it from the yard line that he kneeled down on, and he just said "W." Um, uh, so a cool moment for the guy. It sucks. I'm sure from your side, it sucks that's you know coming from a rivalry. Yeah, sure, good for you, Kurt. Exactly. Good for you. Get to kneel down and fucking beat us again. Oh, um, cool. But it's still a cool moment for him. He's he's worked hard. He's you know obviously journeyman quarterback. He hasn't dressed once that's not an easy life to lead when you're trying to be an nfl player um and he he got he he got a moment and he he's i mean he's on cloud nine this whole week i'm sure yeah good for you kurt really happy for you and you know what the worst part about sunday night was we had nerd ass adam schefter even making jokes about the bears saying that Aaron Rod with the win, Aaron Rodgers has increased his shares in the ownership of the Chicago Bears. Like, <laughs> shut up, you fucking virgin! Uh, like, how many times sh- do they show that during the game? Oh my god, I hate those graphics that they use now. Those like 
bad cartoon graphics they use where it's like the players look like they're from like Madden 01. And <laughs> like, do, you, do, you, do you know what I'm talking about when I say yeah, that? The like, giant avatars. Like, they use them on, on Monday Night Football and now all of a sudden they're using them on Sunday Night Football. And it's like, what is that? Like they yeah. just to like it's to like bad. animate like stats or whatever. It's like, and then they had like the Bears. They had like the coaches' records versus the Packers, and they were showing like, well, they had like Hallis and Dicka who were like, you know, fantastic against the Packers in their time. <laughs> and then it was like, and then it showed like the the graveyard of all the coaches since them. And their and their record versus the Packers, but it was like I think since Ditka left and then Dave Wanstead took over, so since then, from Wanstead to Nagy, I think the Bears have I want to say like twelve total wins against the Packers. Uh, eight of those were from Lovey Smith, and he was included in this like group of graveyard. <laughs> graveyard and it's like oh doing him dirty like this guy he gets such a bad rap as the bears you know in his legacy as the bears head coach when like he should not be lumped in with the likes of john fox mark tressman no. and dick Duran. like get him out of there go put him with Just, fucking with with somewhere in between ditka and tressman like he should yeah. he shouldn't be lumped in with either but he can get his own little plaque just because you, know. you leave on bad terms doesn't mean it was all right. bad. Um, just because you win, just because you win ten games and get fired doesn't mean that you're a bad coach. Yeah, that actually means quite the opposite. I don't know <laughs> what the. I think uh, I think that means categorically that the people who fired you are bad. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And the rest of the pattern supports that. Did you also see at the beginning of the game that I think now with this Packers win, uh, which by the way, the, uh, the Packers have never. In the head-to-head all-time record, the Packers have never led or haven't led since, I think, 25. It's a long time that the Bears have been in the lead. Um, but it's now two games away from being even head-to-head. I think it's like 95 to 93 wins and a few ties. Wow. Um, How about that? So, yeah, it's uh, but it just further illustrates your point of the, the graveyard and the lovey shouldn't be in there, but it's not been pretty. As you mm-hmm. are very well aware. No, it's not been pretty. I mean, I'm looking back, looking back on the, on the last, oh, I mean, the last 20 years of this rivalry have just been, <laughs> for lack of a better word, not, oh, you've been going back. All right. The last time the Bears had a winning streak against the Packers was 2007. That was the last time the Bears won the season series against the Packers. Um, and that's the last time they had consecutive wins? Uh, that was the last time they had consecutive wins. Um, wow, they did so win even three in the in a 6 row. and 9 season, there wasn't, uh, there wasn't two What year Bears was that? That was, that, was the, that was McCarthy's last year. I think it was like 6, 9, and 1. Do you know so what season that like was? 16 or 17. Well, 16 was the year. Nope, 16, the Packers won both. 17, Packers won both. 18, the Packers won one. Uh, one they won, They split. Maybe it was that year. I think that was the one. The Bears have not the beaten the Packers. The Bears have not beaten the Packers, though, since that 2018 game where they clinched the division. Um, the Packers that have won the here. last six in a row. Was What was the year that they, met, they, they spoiled um, Brett Favre's homecoming party that was 2013 i want to say either 2013 wow, that was a long yeah. time ago yeah Christmas Day, was right? the quarterback uh thanksgiving night i want to say oh that's right it was the was nbc thanksgiving. thanksgiving night broadcast yep yes last yep. thanksgiving i went yep. to bed very yep. upset <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh no it's just i mean ever since brett Favre came to town like right before Brett Favre had come to town, between 1990 and 1992, the Bears won five games in a row against the Packers. Then Brett Favre came to town, um, and the Bears have won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen times since Holy 1992. Crap. 
and they play each other twice a year. That's, I mean, Not great, quick, Bob. Math, quick math off the top of my head. That is, oh, 58 matchups, not counting the playoff matchup. So 59. So that would mean the Packers are 45 and 14 in that time. That's how you make up a lot of ground. Yeah. And I think Aaron Rodgers has now passed uh, with four touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers passed Brett Favre's record for most touchdowns against the Bears. Aaron Rodgers now has 61 touchdowns against the Bears in his career. And he is and he is decisively I would say he's been better against the Bears than than Favre was. The Bears oh, kind of yeah. had Favre's number here and there, but the Bears have never had Aaron Rodgers' number. Yeah, like, I mean 22 and 5. The, there's a reason he screamed, I still fucking own you. Yeah. On all my life I've owned you. Owned you. All my yeah. life I've owned you. God, legendary and he backs it up with legendary play yeah i mean it, it he's not just saying it. it it's it's the truth it's god's honest truth that's why um, it hurts worse <laughs> boy does it um <laughs> all right i'm sick of this packers love fest you got anything else to add before we hop off oh i'm so sad you ended it i know at you, this point <laughs> i know you're so excited to keep going uh no i clear enough i'm just like i said the biggest thing is there's always seems to be a hiccup with this Packers team and the special teams looks like it's going to bite us in the ass. And I could not be more terrified. And it sucks mm. to say that even off a win and after claiming the number one seed again, but four games to prove me wrong. Packers, please, please. Yeah. Um, wait, one more thing. Uh, fantasy player of the week. How did your guy do? Oh, who'd you, shoot. Who'd you have? Who did I go with? I had Jalen Guyton. He had a nice you game. Guyton. He had the best throw of the week from Herbert. Who did yep. I go with? Oh, I know who I went with, and I didn't even know how he did, even though I played him in a lot of matchups. I went with Jeff Wilson. I have a feeling it didn't work oh, out great. Oh, yes. From the 49ers, Jeff Wilson. Yep, not great. Five, 13 carries, 56 yards. To be fair, if a touchdown came from that, it would have been a good matchup. Uh, he was the leading running running back in that backfield, so he did get the work, just didn't get the touchdown to go his way. And quite and honestly, kind of a weird game in 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 uh, Cincinnati, where they barely mm-hmm. got out of the way, out of the game in overtime. Um, speaking of Cincinnati, do you trust any team from the AFC? I especially don't trust anyone from the AFC North. It's the division nobody wants to win. Um, but yeah. the AFC, I trust the Chiefs. That's it. Oh, that's Otherwise, fair. Yeah. Everyone else, no. I don't trust. Don't trust the Packers or the Patriots. Definitely don't trust the Packers. I don't trust the Patriots. <laughs> um, I don't trust anyone in the AFC North and AFC South. Yeah, no, I don't trust the Titans yeah. for sure. Colts, Colts, I, they're just, I feel like they're a team. It's Carson Wentz. I don't trust him. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the only point is everyone else, their whole team is a, is like built for the postseason with the, with Jonathan Taylor, the offensive line. I love their defense, their quarterback. Nope. Speaks for himself. Yeah. So no, yeah, I, no I don't. I, I, don't I think I agree with your assessment. Chiefs is Chiefs is fair. Um, it just feels like I, I if you, you hit the nail on the head with the AFC North, that was supposed to be one of the strongest divisions in the conference, and uh, I don't see the Ravens winning another game. Truthfully, mm. um, that might be a bit of a hot take, uh, but if you look at their upcoming schedule. Which and if that's the case, it just puts the division in shambles. They have the Packers, they have us this week. Uh, they have the Bengals, which you know, provided the Packers' result goes the way I want it to, they're fighting men for the what it potentially is the top spot in the division with the Bengals. The Bengals mm-hmm. look like the better team right now. Uh, then they have the Rams, and then they have the Steelers. Uh, and Lamar's health is now in question. Their defense is shot to shit. They're running. They're relying on running back Devontae Freeman as their most productive back out of the backfield right now. Um, it doesn't look great. 
It's all over the place. The AFC is going to be a crapshoot. The playoffs should be very interesting to see how it yeah, shakes out. It's honestly going to change every week to finish the season at this point. Yeah. I can see three or four teams changing in and out by the weekly basis. Hey, we get Saturday football this week. Kayla is thrilled. Yeah. Kayla is thrilled that there's more NFL on this weekend. Friday, you know, you got, you got Thursday, you got Saturday, you got Sunday, Monday yeah, even. Yeah. Kayla and Michelle can have a competition for who's more thrilled because I think yeah. I think there's football on. And then you got bowl season starting on Friday. There's football oh. on every day until oh. January 10th. Yep. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It really is. Um, but let's get out of here before we before we drag this on any longer. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. We will see you on Sunday for our pregame show on our Instagram page, war.on.94pod. Follow us on there for more content. Anything else, Evan? Just hit it all. Welcome to this the 27 Club. Fire Matt Nagy. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.